I'm having a good time. You are? Yeah. I can tell. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. You feeling good? Feeling good. That's good. That's good. Never had it so good. True, true, true. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, and we're rolling. Today's guest is Mike Millen. Mike is a father, surfer, and entrepreneur. Mike is the founder of the unique and progressive recovery retreat, Further. Mike grew up surfing in California and was a sponsored pro free surfer for the skateboard and clothing brand Zoo York at the age of 21. Through his early 20s, Mike travelled the globe, surfing and gaining exposure for the brand. These days, when Mike is not spending time with his daughter Maya or working on the development of his unique rehab program, he can often be found chasing extra-large Indonesian swells around the archipelago or just charging some of his local surf breaks such as Penang Penang and temples at Uluwatu. Mike is soft-spoken in his approach, powerful in his drive to help others, and continually focused on being the best version of himself. Mike is a previous guest, so this may sound very familiar to you. Uh, Dating all the way back to episode 14, when Mike was on the show, which seems like a lifetime ago. Today, Mike is with me to give an update on further, his continued personal recovery, his experiences, challenges, and hopes for the future. Mike Millen, welcome back on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you, brother? I'm well, thank you. You good, man? Yeah. Yeah, how's your day been? What's, what's, what's a day in the life of Mikey like today? Uh, I've just been, I, I took it easy um, today and in and, and, and the previous couple of days. I just, um, I finished up having my, my first group out for the project further right before Christmas. And then um, my brother was here for uh, a few days afterwards. And, yeah, I just uh, decided to, you know, give myself Christmas and New Year's just to kind of kick back and let things soak in a bit. So it's been nice. Dude, I also forgot to say Happy Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year. 2020, that decade is over. Dude, like... What a ride. What a ride. <laughs> if you had to sum up the last 10 years of your life, how would you do it? How would you sum it up? Too deep? <laughs> There's been so many lifetimes in that in the last ten years. Um, Why? I guess it, uh, sobriety. Yeah, it's been a sobering ten years. Has it? Is that when you got sober ten years ago? I did. Yeah, right at the end of 2009. Yeah, coming, you, in, coming into 2010. Like, yeah. do you mind talking about like what got you to that point where you had the desire to get sober? Was it? Was it a conscious choice or was it forced upon you? Well, it was, um, it was th- three major things that happened. I, um, I watched a friend OD and die. Uh, I was really close to. Um, my, I watched uh, my father relapse after a long period of sobriety. And uh, he, just, he, he just became a different person. He became a monster. Uh, and then another thing was that I had a I had a friend that I looked up to a lot growing up, and he was getting sober at the time, and and yeah, he invited me to a twelve step meeting, and yeah, I followed him into the meeting, and um, it it uh yeah, that saved my life basically. Did um did the losing of your friend, which sounds really traumatic, um, would you mind would you mind like going into I know it's a heavy way to start the podcast, but would you mind going into like some of the the feelings and the emotions that were aroused? Like I know it, the grief is the obvious one, but um, what else did it did it do do to you? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I mean, we were um, we were on similar paths, you know. We were just um, in that mode of self destruction with alcohol, with, um, with, with drugs, like whatever we could get our hands on. And it, you know, when I, when I got the news that he, um, had passed away, it just, yeah, it, it 
there were so many different emotions that came up. I, it was confusing, but then again, it was also kind of like, it wasn't that much of a surprise because of the, you know, the, the path we were on. Like, I had almost died myself um, a couple of times. You know, I, I was doing things like mixing um, cocaine and, and um, Seroquel and ending up in the hospital, um, you know, with heart palpitations. And uh, I was just one, that was one, you know, experience, like just doing really um, stupid, self-destructive things. Yeah, it's heavy. And um, I uh, I often hear about al- alcoholics sort of say that, you know, they hit a rock bottom and um, or they had had a moment of clarity in, in their rock bottom. I mean, <clears throat> is that where where your rock bottom hit or was that your moment of clarity? It, it, um, like I said, there were those three major things that happened. Um, I, I mean, I just, I woke up one day and, you know, it was, it was the afternoon. I, I had, um, I had been drinking until sunrise the, the, the night before, like I'd done so many times, um, before. And, and I, I just woke up and I just, I just didn't, I really didn't want to, to do what I was doing anymore. I, I really, um, I wanted to just disappear or, you know, it's hard to describe those feelings, but, um, I just knew something needed to change. And, and, and then, um, you know, getting the news that my friend had passed away and, and, and seeing the person that my, my father became when he started drinking again, it was just like, it felt like divine timing that my, uh, my friend was, was getting clean at the time and, and he had, he had 90 days sober, and I, I just, I couldn't believe that. I, I, I couldn't understand how someone could stay sober for 90 days straight. Like, that was, you know, such a long period of time for me. Um, so, yeah, it was just a chain of uh, events that happened, and, and yeah, super made, grateful, made, actually, made looking the, back. Made the call? Yeah. Nice, man. And then, like, you know, a quick recap of the decade, lots of surfing. What else, what else has happened? Because I, I know it, I know it's like a lot, but I've been thinking about the last decade, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and I can tick off a lot of major things like got married, kids, jobs, houses, um, yeah. moving uh, around the world. And uh, I'm just like, phew, like, wow, like I'm tired. I feel, I feel a bit tired. <laughs> like, like I was like, maybe I just need to slow down, you know. But uh I don't think I'm quite ready yet. I've got to keep going. Yeah. You know? Just keep going. <laughs> Just got to keep going. We were talking about this the other day. I love when you said that to me the other day. <laughs> Just keep yeah. going. Uh, well, you know, the decade, the decade started off with me getting sober and, and, um, for the first year I was just, I was based in San Diego, just, just trying to find my feet, um, and, and, and trying to learn how to be comfortable with living without drugs and alcohol. Um, after I had a year sober, I um, I decided to 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 come out to Bali. Um, what like why? Because of the waves. Well, actually, my friend who um, who OD'd and passed away, his dad invited me out here because his his dad um, has lived out here for you know since the seventies. He's from the states, but he's been here a long time, and um, I just loved the way I felt in Bali. I. I you know, there's like we talked. We talked about it last time. There's just um, you just feel so comfortable when you get off the plane here. Yeah, I, I feel so much more freedom here than I do when I'm in the states. And I, and I was looking for that. I was looking for adventure. I was looking to to um, catch up on on lost time. You know, when I was drinking and using, I, I missed out on a lot. So I, I felt like Bali was a good place to base because you meet people from all over the world here and. Um, there's amazing surf, you know, all, all over Indonesia. And also there was uh, the option to go work in Australia, which I did. I went and worked in the mines, uh, for a year, no got a job operating, uh, bulldozers, uh, in 2011. That was quite the experience. Um, so yeah, that's how the decade kicked off anyways. Yeah. There's been, there's, there's been a lot more. I can get into that too, if you like. So, like after nine years though. Um, is the magic still there? It is. It is definitely. You know, um, especially like you know, I just had a group come out from the states, um, 
and, and just watching uh, their experience and, and the way they reacted to Bali was was really special for me. It, it's 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 just a, it's a special place. So it was the first time for everyone. Yeah. And like, how were they reacting to it? Like, can you describe it? Like, just excitement, joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Bali just has a way with people. I I felt like you know. Pretty much everyone on the trip had some sort of shift in their own way, you know, like they were able to kind of take a look at themselves and and their behaviors and their and their character and, and maybe, you know, see the bigger picture. Yeah. So that was like you like that was a, a group from Hollywood or California? Yeah. Yeah. Ho- like literally Hollywood. <clears throat> came out from Los Angeles, yeah. Los Angeles. And then um like what what was the program what was the day to day of the program like what kind of activities were you running through like 12 step recovery work yeah um going to aa meetings what else were you guys doing yeah exactly we, we were doing um 12 step meetings um we were surfing our brains out we surfed all over the island east coast uh Nusidua, the book it um we uh we did a wim hof workshop with uh, the, the breathing, uh, the breathing with the with the ice bath, okay. and um, on that same day we we went and did a we went to a waterfall and did like a water healing, okay, which like a ceremony, yeah, yeah, you know, which a lot of people might be closed minded to, and I think even a few guys on the group were at first, but then it was just it was just a really special day, yeah. It, we had this energy of kind of like walking away from what wasn't serving us in 2019 and kind of walking into some new energy um for 2020 like a and great this, great way to start the, the new yeah year. yeah it was, it was incredible yeah i'm so big on like starting the new year right like um people talk about new year's resolutions and like i take them really seriously it's always been a, a new beginning for me every year i think it's because my birthday is in january as well i kind of feel like oh, it's a new year I'm, a, I'm another year older, literally, at the start of the year. And um, so I, I really set strong resolutions. And yeah. I, I have this thing, it could be a little bit superstitious, but if I don't start my new year right, um, I feel like it, you just set a tone, you know. Like, mm-hmm. But for so many years of my life, I was starting my new year completely wasted, either drunk or on drugs, you know. Um, and that's how I was starting my, my years. That, that was my my new beginning like every year just and it's like that saying goes like you know same old behaviors same old thinking same old results and i was getting the same old results every single time nothing changes nothing changes nothing changes (laughs) nothing changes nothing changes and (laughs) and now like you know my my new year's eve was like spending time with the with the kids and the family and then we had some friends come over they left at like 6 p.m had some dinner, bathed the kids, and then I was like doing Wim Hof breathing on my balcony at, at 8.30 p.m. That's great. Did that for half an hour, held my breath um, longer than usual. <clears throat> and then um, I was in bed by, you know, 9, 9.30, read a little bit of a book, um, The One Straw Revolution. If you, ever, if you hear about it, read it. Epic book. And um, That's awesome. And I woke up the next day feeling strong in the morning, you know. Yeah. How powerful is the breathing? So I've been hitting it hard the last couple so of days because I felt like I was getting sick. Yeah, right. And, so tell, tell us about just, that because you, you were talking about that. You said, like, I'm getting – because there's been a lot of illness around. Yeah. Like, I've, like, I've been battling A lot of people it. have the flu and stuff, but it, the, <coughs> the breathing is so powerful. Like, So can I'm, you maybe, like, for those that don't know, like, explain what you're doing when you do Wim Hof breathing? And Wim Hof is a Dutch um, – Let's call him a Dutch creative because, mm-hmm. you know, he's very creative in, what he, in the way he thinks. Yeah. But um, who, who, who sort of discovered it and, and masterminded it. So what, what is it? It's amazing because it's, it's so simple. Um, I basically, I just do, usually I do like three rounds of 30 breaths. But the last couple of days we've just been doing like four rounds of 40 breaths because I felt like I was getting sick and I just really, I wanted to oxygenate my system um so yeah it's um 
yeah, like I felt like I was kind of like maybe getting a flu or something. And, and after, you know, after I do a session of, of breathing, that, that the, the feeling, it, it goes away. It's like uh, I don't have the body aches anymore. The kind of the scratchy throat goes away. And then I've been backing it up and going and hitting the ice bath um, like two or three times in the last couple of days. And, and I, I'm, <clears throat> I feel great right now. Dude, There's these sausage fly, it's sausage fly season and, and I think get, one was just fighting me. By, did you just get bitten by a, like it's, a yeah, sausage fly season in Bali? But, uh, oh no, should I turn the anyways, lights off? Yeah. Should we do this in the sheer <laughs> dark? <laughs> um, Sorry, dude. But yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm happy to report that I'm feeling good. It's like it's it's super empowering to to realize that um you know, I mean we we don't have to get sick if if we do the work, you know. It's like and, and and Wim Hof has done things like get injected with E. coli, you know, in a lab, and and, and hasn't had any symptoms. I know, and he and he climbed Mount Everest in a pair of shorts. Yeah, I mean, and then he swam under the ice in the Arctic for fifty meters in a pair of like shorts, and that was it. And he's apparently his retinas froze, and his eyes like, and he had goggles on, but they, his his eyes froze, and that was the biggest yeah. issue he had. And not only that, with the breathing, you get to some really deep states of meditation. I've noticed, and, and and I've experienced some, you know, some of the most peace that I've ever experienced with the breathing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm the same. Like I've never been able to meditate, just going through various forms of meditation. Um, but uh, with the Wim Hof breathing, um, I I get to the best and the deepest levels of meditation I've ever experienced, um, and I I honestly feel that calmness in the mind. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's only for a few minutes. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it, you know. And it's it's such a relief, like, to get that peace between the years. Yeah. Um, and if you're anything like me, like, I have this mind that just won't – it's just mind chatter that just won't stop. And sometimes it really serves me well. It, it gets me off my ass and getting stuff done. And Yeah. But then uh, sometimes it's it can be debilitating. Yeah. The horse, me and my friends call it the galloping horse. Why? Because it just, cause Cause it just, it just runs. It's like this stupid horse that just keeps running. <clears throat> and Sometimes ruminating. you got to put the horse down, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, I learned the term rumination. I'd never really heard of it before, but now I understand what ruminating is. It's when you hook into a certain thought or concept and, and, and just keep thinking about the same thing over and over and over. And um, some would describe that as madness or the insanity but I, I see so many people doing it, mm-hmm. whether they're alcoholic, non-alcoholic, addicted to something or not addicted. Um, I think it's the human nature. You know, yeah. our, our, our brain is a problem-solving tool. Definitely. It's looking to solve problems and protect, protect us and predict. And um, I read a thing recently about, you know, back when we were cavemen in the primal times, our stressors that we had coming at us were things like, we had to watch out for saber-toothed tigers and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they were the things that would keep us alert. You know, our other stresses were things like finding food and water and shelter. Like, and if we didn't have those things, there was stress in our life. Yeah. But now, in modern times, we have stressors coming at us all the time. Like, every time we hop in a car on a freeway doing 100 kilometres an hour, you know, we could, be, we could die at any second because it's stressful. We don't realise it. Like... Uh, especially in Bali, when you're on a motorbike every day and you've got scooters coming at you from all directions. Yeah. Um, you know, then there's, there's the complexities of relationships, there's job stress, um, there is this uh, impulse to try to keep up with technology and the use of it and the stimulus that just comes from that, you know. Mm. So we've got, like, a plethora of new stressors that we never used to have and our genetically we're not... Adapted, we're not able to 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 manage it, and what we do, but it's not sustainable. Our body just keeps shooting adrenaline through our bodies. The adrenal gland fight or gets, flight. We're in fight or flight. We get the adrenal gland working constantly, and then then you get adrenal fatigue. Adrenal and fatigue, and then we start looking for ways to manage that. And a lot of the times, drugs, alcohol. It could be addiction to consumerism, yeah. food, sex, um, all those things. TV. Mobile phones, you know, yeah, and uh, and then we crash and burn, you know. So totally, and, and in my case, <clears throat> um, 
my my mind will create problems. You know, it, it has in the past. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's that's been a you know a big pill to swallow. Like, um, what do you mean it'll create problems? Well, you said it's a you know it's a it's a problem solving um, mechanism, or uh, but in my, in my case, like. Because of the the the, the tra- trauma I experienced in childhood, um, stressful situations felt comfortable for me. Um, that felt like home, and I didn't even realize I was I was I was doing that. You know, I'd create stress in in my um, in my family dynamic, or even um, in just my day to day life. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, that's that's been a big one. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point. I've been told the same thing. You know, um, for some people, it, it can be a comfortable place because it's familiar. So if you grew up in, um, I guess, unstable circumstances, yeah, um, that's like those neurological pathways and mode, and you're programmed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it happens when you're a kid or even a baby. You know, and um, Unfortunately, trying to function like that as an adult doesn't really work out, does it, as much? So no. it's really interesting that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, been, it's been a wild ride um, re- realizing that, that you know, I've, I've uh, created a lot of um, unnecessary s- stress in, uh, in my life. And, and, and I think what it goes back to is... Um, is is being in this place of not loving yourself because if, if if you don't love yourself um you're going to you're going to create you're going to cause yourself harm gotcha. and i mean that that's I'll speak for myself i've i've caused myself a lot of harm and and I haven't been aware of it so these days it's like it's like in the well, actually in the past i i would be in a place where you know, okay, things are going good, and um, I'm gonna do something to fuck it up. You know, it's it, weird, it, like it, self sabotage. Completely. So, stepping out of that, and 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 and, you know, trying to just be more loving towards myself in general. Like, you know, I don't need to create stress. And well, okay, well, how, how do you be more loving towards yourself? What are some things you do? Like, what are some strategies for that? Well. Like even you know in sobriety, I, I've done things like just drink too much coffee. It's almost like it's self harm. It causes anxiety when I drink too much coffee. Um, you know, I get clammy hands. I just I, I'm not really nice to be around. <laughs> you get edgy. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of like backing off from that sort of behavior and and um, maybe having a smoothie or something instead. You know, like a yeah. a nice substitute. Yeah. What about like self-talk? Yeah. Yeah. Like we can be addicted to emotions <clears throat> too, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like self-talk's a big one for me. I know like that that noise in my head will just go straight to you're not good enough, you're hopeless, you're stupid, you're dumb, uh, you're useless. You know, uh, I don't know why it does that. It just does. Um, because. It, but I'm trying to change that. that. So I hear those things. In my mind, sometimes, and then it's like, no, no I'm not. I'm uh, not those things. I'm yeah, the, I'm this. I'm that. I'm. I'm a father. I'm. A, yeah, I help people when, when I can. You know. Yeah, stuff, I relate stuff to like that. that. Like, so I'm looking, like, starting to starting to change that, change that view or that self talk because it is powerful. Because it's like the saying goes, like your thoughts become your. I forget how it goes. Like your thoughts become your words. No. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become who you are. Become your character or something like that. Something like that. Um, I think Gandhi said it. I don't know. <laughs> he said so much good shit. I don't know. <laughs> I've probably seen it on a meme on Facebook too. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. it's really true. Like I think it all starts, it all starts there. Yeah. And then it just radiates out of you. Totally. Mm. I relate to the self-talk a lot and... <clears throat> You know, along with Wim Hof's work, I've I've really been diving into Doctor Joe Dispenza's work. Yeah, what's that guy about? His work is um is very uh, inspiring and powerful. It's it's been a game changer for me recently. 
Um, because, you know, my, you know, for example, like, you know, in, in my relationship, my, and this has happened, you know, a couple times, like my, my relation, my partner has become like my higher power in a sense. If they're treating me well, I'm having a great day. If they're not treating me so well, then I'm having the worst day ever. Um, so his work has allowed me to not let my environment affect the way I feel so much. Um, when those thoughts start creeping up, you know, you're, you're a piece of shit and you're, you're not worthy. You know, like I, I don't, I'm I'm not embracing that as much as I used to. Yeah. Cause that's, it's not loving to, to me. And I've been so unloving to myself uh, my whole life because of, you know, my childhood. And and that's what I was taught. My parents, you know, God bless them. They never got to a place of learning how to love themselves. And that's what I was taught. Um, So, yeah, it's it's been really powerful. Sounds like it, man. Sounds heavy. But it sounds like when I listen to you say these things, like, it's very rare that I meet someone who's so self-aware um, and willing to talk about it. Um, and that in itself is really healing to other people, if you, if you ask me, because it takes a lot of courage to be, to even in, to delve into self-awareness. It's scary, man. Like, you start digging up stuff from the past. It's like a lot of people spend their whole life avoiding that shit, you know? Totally. <clears throat> and so if you, if you start confronting it, yeah, there's pain there. But uh, I feel like there's healing and there's magic and there's and then it's a step towards like leading your best life, as opposed to like carrying this shit around for so many years and it impacting and on your decision making and your behaviours and and then you end up hurting people around you and then the cycle continues. So it's um it's respect, man. Like it's. It's been inspirational to me, like hanging out with you. Like I love, I love that stuff, and um, it's just also you've also motivated me just to keep like, just keep. Like I said it the other day, like just got to keep going. Like, but also what I meant, what I meant by that is like keep progressing and looking for ways to progress in everything you do. Because it's like if you're not trying to progress in life in some way, like what, what's the fucking use? Like you're just gonna sit around and just wait to die, you know? Yeah. And um, I really feel like there's so much that this world has to offer us. Like, let's just go. Let's go and get it. You know. So totally. Yeah. Righteously. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I feel. Thanks. I feel the same about you. Thanks, um, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Nice man. So listen, let's, let's go back to the retreat because, like, it was. I was sort of watching from afar, and I was like, "Yeah, these guys are doing some of the raddest shit," you know. Um, you know, like. And I know how much work you put into it prior. Um, like, what's what's next for what's next for further? Like, just continue the same format, um, or have you got some ideas for progressing it or improving it in other ways? Or, well, I want to have um, two options. One that's more of like um, a recovery-based surf retreat, and then. Um, Another one that's that's more like goes dives deeper into the the, the healing process. Um, so yeah, because I think um, some people aren't ready to go too deep into their own you know their own healing process. I feel like mm-hmm. um, so it's 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 nice just to have one that's um, a bit more focused on the surf, but also dive into some like the Wim Hof stuff and and. So to clarify, like, the people that would come to the retreat are already on that path and are, are already sort of past the initial um, detox phase of their recovery. Yeah. And maybe have a few years of, of sobriety under their belt. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's more geared for those people who are ready to go next level. Yeah. Dare I say, a little bit further. Like, yeah. And, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, because... I mean, you know how it is. People in early sobriety, a lot of, a lot of time, they're just barely hanging on. They're, you know, they're not ready to dive into their trauma. They're in all that stuff. You know, they just they're taking it a day at a time, just trying to get on their feet again. You know, they've 
maybe they, they need they need their smoking cigarettes still they need their cigarettes they're like you know it's so yeah i i've just i've created something for people that already have a bit of sobriety under their belt and 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 maybe they've hit a wall with just the 12 step program and they want to dive a bit deeper into their own process because what i've found in my own experience is that until you've healed your your own trauma um you're you're just you're basically going to jump from one addiction to the other and that's been my experience you know for me it was drugs and alcohol okay uh i got off the drugs and alcohol thank you know thank goodness um to the 12 steps for that and but then there was, you know, I've had so many other addictions, and, and we talked about this last time a little bit, you know, sex addictions, uh, food, you know, what are you, like coffee and sugar, um, and then um, e- e- emotional addictions, and it's, um, it's yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a very uh, eye-opening, painful journey, but, um, you know, I'm happy to say that I, I feel like I'm the most healed that I've ever been in my life right now. I don't feel like I have any addictions. And and, and for me, that's amazing to be able to say that wow. um, right now. Um, but that's because I've, I've always been a bit of a seeker and, and I've done everything possible to, to heal the, the, the trauma that, you know, that the stuff that happened in childhood, um, <clears throat> And I see it all the time, you know. I have a friend who, you know, he's been sober a long time, and and um, he's he's dealing with uh, some other addiction issues, and it's because he hasn't focused on on, on the trauma. That's what like I really in, feel like. You sort of haven't got to the core of it. Yeah. So and, and it's like when I, you know, and some people would disagree with me, especially in the recovery circles, but like when I. When I'm sitting in a 12-step meeting and, and you know, they go around and, and everyone says their name, like, hey, I'm, I'm John and I'm an alcoholic or whatever. I don't really look at people as alcoholics anymore. I, I mean, sure, they became alcoholic. But I, I more look at the person, like, and I ask myself, you know, what, what happened to this person at, at, at a certain point in their life? What, you know, what, what happened in their childhood or... Like alcohol and drugs were a symptom of exactly. something else. Yeah. yeah, because as soon as they get off the alcohol, it's food or whatever. It's smoking. It's always something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a symptom of something deeper. Yeah, yeah that's that's what that's what I'm getting as well. Like, um, I find that <clears throat> I guess uh, there's a lot of talk around. Well, you know, I was so physically addicted to alcohol and yeah like and I've got a problem with that physical addiction um and a lot of people do there's no doubt about that you know and and then they do develop it you know but really what got them wanting to to drink in the first place you know that's that's what it comes down to for me like well why did you feel like you needed to get to a point where you were completely drunk you know, what, what, what brought that along? And for me, it started when I was 12 years old. That was the first time. And so it wasn't like I, was, I wanted to experiment with alcohol the first time. It was like, I want to see how much of this stuff I can get into me. And the second I felt that, that feeling of just like relaxation, relaxed, couldn't, and couldn't feel my legs a little bit, and out of myself, confident, able to talk, relaxed, like... Like, I just felt this weight just fall off me, even as a 12-year-old. Um, I was just like, like, yes, give me as much of that as you can, you know. And unfortunately, I chased it till I was that same feeling, till I was 35. Um, and, you know, to varying degrees, still, able, still function through, through this life as is, jobs, studies, um, but... Uh, yeah, it was always a struggle, you know. Um, yep. And I know, I, I really feel now, like, yeah, there's the, the... And then you develop that physical dependency on it. There's no doubt about that. But once... I feel like once you are relieved of that compulsion and that physical allergy, um, that's when the real work starts. Because then you're just left with your mind. 
and those feelings that you spent a lot of time trying to get away from. You know, it's just, and it's gnarly. Like it's, yeah, like I hear a lot of alcoholics say, oh, my life was so hard when I was drinking. Um, but I kind of feel like it's the opposite for me. It's like my, my life is so hard when I'm not drinking because I've, I've got to take responsibility for shit, my own shit, my behaviours, my actions, yeah. my words. And you don't have an excuse and anymore. No excuse, you know. And, and, and also like, and then you start caring, like you, you develop a conscience, you know. You start feeling bad about the shit you do, you know. And yeah. you go, oh, shit, I, and you've got nowhere to hide, so. Yeah. Exactly. Shit, man. It's got deep. It got real deep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love deep conversation, man. I yeah. do. Um, we can talk about the weather, you know, next time. Yeah, let's talk about the weather. <laughs> but actually, on a serious note, like, just the, just want to send much love to Australia and all the my friends who live on the south coast, uh, southeast coast of New South Wales in Australia, just getting completely battered. By the fires down there, it's like the wow. area I grew up in. Um, yeah, and uh, some of the photos and the images coming out of Australia right now is so gnarly. Wow, you know, I don't know if you've heard too much about it. I haven't. Just horrendous fires. Like I heard, it, I heard. Actually, I had a friend come back um, from Australia, and uh, he mentioned that yeah, he was doing a lot of work down there. Like it's kind of, it's. It, I mean, it kind of feels like the whole country's burning. You know, there's fires everywhere and some areas are more concentrated than others. But um, there's, you know, people losing houses, lives, um, just displaced. Um, just And these fires are just so full on and big, you know. The fire services are just really just um, harm minimising. That's all they can do. They're not actually beating the fires. They're just, like, trying to keep as many people safe as possible and they're doing, like, an amazing job by the sounds of things. And, yeah, like, um, even my brother-in-law got... They went on a holiday down the coast of New South Wales there and they got trapped in this one area and they've only just been been able to leave that zone and, yeah, it's... The, the weather's been crazy. And then you hear about the news in Jakarta and they've had, like, the biggest rain event they've ever had. Did you hear about that? I'm so out of the loop. Huge rain event and flooding, yeah. And I don't usually keep up with the news too much, but because, like, because of the stuff going on in Australia, I've just sort of just trying to keep my ear to the ground a little bit because it's it's literally close to home, yeah. Yeah, all the best to everyone down there. Yeah, so anyway. Cool, man. So, listen, Mikey, do you want to talk about something, like, less serious, like surfing? Dude, tell me, tell me. What, what session have you had any good sessions lately? Where have you been oh, surfing? Man. To be honest, the, the surfing's on the back burner a little bit. It is, but I yeah. did. I, I had one really special session recently with, uh, with my brother. Okay. Um. On the east coast, it was it was just it was only me and him out. Sheet glass, nice. just trading barrels. Nice. They were just screaming. How come it was just you two? It's just one of those spots. Why? That no one else wants a bar of? <laughs> and it's just... Um, yeah. I just, I, not that many people know about it. And, yeah, it's kind of like a challenging wave. <laughs> I like how humble you are. Yeah, it's kind of like a challenging wave. It is. It's like a... It's a heaving It's slab. a head-high wave, but it, it has little man syndrome. This wave has little man syndrome. <laughs> it's, it's like the gnarliest head-high wave I've ever surfed. Why? Because it's a slab. It's square. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a slab. Nice. Every wave, just about every wave spits. Nice. But it was a really special moment because my brother hasn't um, made it out here to visit me much in the in the nine nine or so years that I've been out here, and we were just screaming like, "Dude, yeah. finally! We've been talking about this for years." Yeah. Just it was just me and him out, and it was it was it was an evening session too. This beautiful sunset. Yeah, that was a special one. Nice man. Some serious bonding going on. Yeah. Because like. I guess, like, surfing with your brother has been a big part of your story, hasn't it, over the years? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean... Because he charges. Yeah. Is he still surf a lot in California? Uh, yeah, he, he still he surfs, you know, quite a bit, but his, he's focused on a, a stunt career. Oh, no right way. Now, so. In Hollywood? Yeah. No way. Does he get much work? Or? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's chipping away. He's, yeah. um, he's doing well, and, he, you know, he's always been uh, a daredevil. Super brave. 
Nice. Um, he doesn't mind, you know, is beating he, up his body. Is he, a little <laughs> he was bit, a skater too, like you. Yeah, right. Yeah. I met, I met your brother once. He seems like he looks so fit. Yeah. He's a, he's a bit of a little guy. Like he's just a nugget. Isn't yeah. He? He's always been a beast. Has he got little man syndrome? <laughs> He's not that little, but... Uh, no, he's not that little. Yeah. I mean, I'm little. I've got little man syndrome. <laughs> no, nah, he's... Uh, I mean, not only with surfing. I mean, that hasn't been our only, like, connection with each other. You know, we've also, you know, we've <clears throat> we've walked through a lot in family life and and um, recovery. And, you know, he's openly... Yeah. Um, uh, he's open about his uh, sobriety and, mm-hmm. and recovery. So it's... We've really... Um, We've, we've become a lot closer and, you know we used to fight a lot like brothers do when we were younger and we were super competitive but you know as we've gotten older we've really had to um stand by each other and 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 he's 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 like my best friend right I, 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 that's i mean yeah that's he's one of, he's my best friend in the world we talk almost daily so oh, i feel really um thankful to have him that's in right my life. even though we're on the other side of the planet from each other yeah, um, you know you both know where you come from, and you know what you've been through. I yeah, mean, that's only you know only you only have that with with brothers and sisters and and cousins. Sometimes like they're they're the only people that really they really know you. They know your background. They know why you are the way you are. Yeah, like where you've come from. Like what's at your core. You know, even if you have really good friends later on in life, it's just still not quite the same. They don't. They haven't been at the awkward christmas dinners and they haven't you know yeah been exactly there, been at the funerals and and all the stuff that goes along with being related to people yeah yeah and we've we've followed such similar patterns um as far as like family life and yeah it's 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 been good to have him there with you know some of the things i've walked through in life and and, and same for him you know yeah um so so he's, he's chasing the whole Hollywood dream? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. As, a, as an actor or stuntman or both? Yeah, both. No way. Yeah. Because I just, I watched half of this movie last night called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, wow. I'm about to watch that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it's, it good? <laughs> well, so far so good. Yeah. Like, um, it's a little bit slow, but uh, like Brad Pitt, the character, and he's a, he's a stuntman in Hollywood, you know, for this actor and sort of hangs out with this famous actor as his stunt double. And also, like, chauffeur and whatever else. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. It'd be, a, it'd be so tough to make it there. Yeah. What, what do you think keeps him going to, to chase that dream? Is it because he actually he's based in Hollywood? And Yeah, he's, he's based in Los Angeles. And he's, he's always been, like, um, um, a performer, you know, an, an entertainer. Like, he's, he's really good at doing, like... Um, like uh, imp- impersonations and, mm. and um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I see him doing well and with he's, it. He's just got to keep going. He's <laughs> got to keep going. <laughs> keep chipping away. Dude, you know why I said that the other day? You just got to keep going. I remember when I was a kid, I used to play soccer. I started when I was seven and I was actually, like I just took to it. Like I was actually half decent at it. Like I, I think I, I got asked to play on some representative teams and um. And then I got to like 13 or something. I was like, no, I just want to skate, you know, (laughs) and do those things. I did. And I was like, I just want to go skateboarding. But then there was like people that I used to play soccer with and against who I was way better than, but but they just kept going. They just kept going, you know. And then through their teens and into their 20s, and they actually got to high levels, paid getting paid to play and at the, at the more top. I mean, in Australia, like, the top levels aren't what they are in Europe, but still, they still got up there, and I'm like, maybe I should have just kept going. And, like, I guess, <laughs> same with skateboarding. Like, like I, then I was like, I, chased, I wanted to chase that dream, but it's, like, the same as, like, being a Hollywood actor or musician. Uh, it's, like, those people that make it in those, in those things, they just... They just want it and they just stay consistent and they just don't give up on the dream. And they just, they give up a lot and they sacrifice a lot, you know. Totally. And it's like, well, how bad do you want it, you know? And, and yeah. the people that have that, like, one or two percent extra motivation just to keep going seems like the ones, like, my yeah. friend Craig Branch, who was an Olympic downhill skier, he was the same. Like, he gave up so much. Like, he, you know, gave up 
like never worked a job because all he did was professional skier and trainer and he never studied, never got any education, you know. Just gave his whole life to it. But he did. He was on the World Cup tour for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. He went to three Olympic Games, you know. That's what it took. That's insane. You know, that's what it took. He did like a, basically like a 25-year apprenticeship and then the Australian government cut cut the funding to our alpine ski program and so he didn't have a, he didn't wasn't able to do it anymore so anyway yeah. there's a there's a rant for you no i i had a similar experience um there i was super into like um football and basketball and all that when i was young like 12 and even younger 11 10 and i was uh i was like in football with football i always played quarterback i loved that position like Sounds like we were in control, and you, yeah. had, you know, you had the ball, and uh, I was good. I was good at it. Like, um, and I had a couple other uh, friends that I played with all the time um, with basketball as well, and and you know, one of them ended up making the NBA. <laughs> but I mean, um, I don't. I think I I, I stopped growing. You got to be pretty. You got to be massive to to play in, in basketball, in, um, yeah. In uh, like, basketball and even football, you know, it's like, yeah. Even a guy who's like six uh, zero and solid um, looks the, tiny, the tiny. In, in, compared to all the rest of those yeah. guys. So, but but I stopped because surfing. You know, so it was like surfing just took over. I yeah. just I just loved it. Yeah, and it showed me the world, man. I'm grateful for it. Definitely, and I was like, I don't regret. <clears throat> I don't regret walking away from soccer to skate like some of the oh, I mean I just I talk about this a lot with people like oh, those they were just such magic years through my teens skating with my friends and hanging out and just not a care in the world I mean I was at school and I didn't give a shit but yeah, yeah it was just so special you know but it also <clears throat> things like surfing and skateboarding in my opinion they teach you about life because they teach you to like because you're constantly falling down you can't with skateboarding especially you're you think of something you want to achieve, like a trick, and then you try it and you fall down, you hurt yourself, you get back up. You try it and you fall back, you fall down, you get back up. And it just teaches you to just get get back up. I mean, surfing's the same, you know. You paddle, out, you paddle, 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 you get smashed, you wait, you wait, you wait for that, that set wave to come through, the yeah. right one, dealing with all the conditions and everything that goes with it, you know, because you want to get that good one, you know. Yeah. And I, I really feel like that that transfers into the real world. And I, I, I feel like it's, it's set this foundation for me of just, like, never giving up. Like, yeah. when you fall down, you just get back up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. just keep going, right? You just can't, keep going. You can't, keep this, you can't stop the waves from coming. It's true. You can't. It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so going to call this episode Mike Millen, episode 36. Just keep going. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I spend so much time trying to think of like catchy little um, episode names. It's it's uh, it's hard. I've got to try and be creative yeah. on a weekly basis. You're doing good. You're doing a good job. <clears throat> Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. It's a journey. Yeah, bro. Um. So yeah, it's just really good to catch up with you. Like, um, I'm gonna start like going because like. I'm going to start going back to where are they now, like catching up with some of my ex-guests. There's one guy in particular, Charles Mugarera. He was a permaculture guru from Uganda who I met, and he was episode number one. And on that episode, he decided to use that podcast as his platform to announce that he would be the youngest president of Uganda. And I'm just that was like, a great episode. What? Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and his story was fucking epic. Like, I, him and the, me and this guy just got along straight away. He was... I, I, I ran a permaculture workshop with him um, and uh, we just clicked and uh, he's so much, so charismatic. You know, you know, you meet some people who are just so passionate about everything they do and everywhere yeah. this guy went, he would just stop and talk to every single person and give them a little bit of time. Amazing. I've never seen it. It's I like, got that from his his, you got his that? podcast, yeah. Did you? I loved it. Kind of like what JC would have done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And it was really fucking annoying to hang with him because it's like you'd just be stopping and standing there while he talks to people and actually want to know about them. I've never met anyone like it, you know. 
Anyway, so what a and, guy. And then he, then he started telling his story. You know, like or, uh, being a, a war orphan in Uganda. I mean, you, you think you got problems? Try being a, a war orphan in Uganda, third world country. And they, then he and he made his way up. Like he he got out of it. He broke free of that cycle of poverty. You know, um, yeah. but all unassisted. Now he has this awesome permaculture farm and. And course and, and school that he conducts out of Uganda because, you know, the farmers are struggling and it's one of the only sources of income and they need sustainable ways to farm so they can feed each other, not yeah. because they want to make money, just so they can feed each other. <laughs> it's great. And their families. It's amazing. And so he started that and then he's like, yeah, and by the way, I, I plan on being the youngest um, president of Uganda. And, I, and I, I kind of believed him. I did, I did too when did I heard that. It was inspiring to hear how driven he was, was at it? such a young age. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the podcast was amazing. I, I, I listened to it just driving around on my motorbike, and I, was, I, was, I like, teared up yeah. with some of the things he had to say. You know, the way his, his, um, you know, his, his mother had to prostitute herself to, to, to survive and feed the children. Things. I, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean... We think we think we have a bad, um, and yeah, there's there's been I mean a lot of a lot of bad stuff that's happened, um, but it, it was just inspiring to hear what what how far that guy's come and when where he's headed. You know, with, yeah. it's, it's he's you know he's he's doing it. He's just uh, he's he's just gonna keep going, isn't just, he? <laughs> I believe him. Like, and then <laughs> he cracks me up. Like, I mean, we talk about childhood trauma and how. It could really hold you back. I mean, that guy would have a million and one excuses to give up on life. Yeah. He said that a lot of the people he knows, the, the people that are in his orphanage, they're all drug addicts and whatever and gangsters and stuff in Uganda. Yeah. You know, because that was just, they had to do anything they could to survive, you know. Um, and he, yeah, like, so to rise above that is so inspirational. But he cracks me up. Like, he, he was recently on, like, um, national Ugandan television, you know, like on a on a on the six o'clock news, you know, they're interviewing him. Like, <laughs> it's just so. I don't know. I just the whole interview. I just I just had the biggest smile on my face because he was so excited. And the chick interviewing him, she just I guess it's like Uganda, so she wasn't the most professional interviewer. Yeah, you know, and she was just a bit like overwhelmed by Charles. She didn't know how to handle him, and uh-huh. you know, I was just. <laughs> And the and the set for the <clears throat> for the TV show was just like just looked like a painted piece of plyboard in the backdrop <laughs> and, and then like a cardboard sign saying like six o'clock news or whatever like it was just ah uh, we hilarious. should do a trip there someday <clears throat> oh, go visit him definitely like he's actually sort of mentioned that he'd like me to come and and do a and help out with one of their permaculture design courses that'd be amazing as and a, bring surfboards too as a guest just in case. Is there waves there? I'll go find some waves in Africa, you know. Oh, has anyone ever surfed in Uganda? Shoot down to um, Namibia or something. Oh, you'd love that, you goofy footer. <laughs> I see, I look at, I look at Skeleton, Skeleton Bay in Namibia. Namibia, is that how you say it? Yeah, something like that. And <laughs> it looks so sick, like people getting the longest barrels ever. But I'm just like, I'd be on my backhand. Like, I, I, I swear to God, those things would outrun me. But imagine being a goofy footer there. I hear it's really heavy in person. It it's looks like it. much heavier than it looks, even. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a sand bottom, you know, point break barrel that goes for how long? Like a kilometer, something like that." Yeah, yeah, but we could do that. Let's find do it. some rights. Let's do up it up in the Sahara or something like that. No way, because there's a guy called Ben Gravy. Have you heard of him? He surfed every state in in America. Like he just he goes looking for novelty waves. So he was surfing like. You know, tidal bores and um, river. You know, you get those river waves, and he's just recently completed it. The challenge. How many states are there in the st- in the United States of America? Like fifty-two states. Me, yeah. So he surfed every fifty-two states, right? And like some of the waves are sick. You know, like when he's in Hawaii and other places. But there's a lot of them. He's on a, on foamies in river. You know, river breaks and stuff. So, dude, who knows? We could go surf Uganda. Yeah. You never know. know. I, I would just love to, to um, check out the culture and, and um, just get a taste of that guy's experience. Yeah, growing yeah. up, 
Oh man, if we went to Uganda and hung out with Charles, like we'd just he would just make sure we had the royal treatment, bro. Yeah, like they'd be so grateful. They're grateful for any sort of interest or assistance from outside, you know, mm. and they and they appreciate it, you know. So yeah, I actually I got t-shirts made that say "Vote for Charles" because like I want I, I, I want to <laughs> put it out there in the universe and make it happen. Seriously, yeah. I was like, well, it's kind of like that self fulfilling prophecy. It's like. My mate Blake said it. He said, oh, I, it's like, oh, I told everyone that I was going to you know, open up a cafe in Bali, but I didn't really believe it myself. But then because I started telling people, I was like, oh, shit, I better do it. <laughs> and so that's what I'm doing with these T-shirts. I'm like, vote for Charles. Like, let's make it happen. That's Dude, amazing. So I mean, it's a similar <laughs> thing with, with what I'm doing with my project. You know, it's been a dream of mine for years. And for a long time, I, I didn't really believe that I could do it. And it's... It's 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 already happening, you know. It's and amazing. I've already had the first group come through, and you know, I, I eventually I want it to lead into, you know, having these these the centers for people that are affordable or free, like free, that, yeah, yeah, like that don't have the resources to to pay for rehab. You know, that, I mean, that's the biggest problem. Totally, man. And I went down to Perth recently, and and it was really sad to see how many people were living on the streets there, struggling. Is I mean, it's. And most of these people are, are alcoholics and addicts, and or have some sort of mental illness. And I really, I, I don't know. I feel like I'd just love to see these people get help, and I feel like I have the formula to help them. Um, yeah, and it's <clears throat> they fall through the cracks. I mean, so often it sounds like the situation in the United States is a lot heavier than Australia. Like we, Australia is trying. We have services available, you know. Um, and we have a lot of really good charities. Like, I think Australians can be—they're very charitable by nature. You know, we we want to help each other. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I think all humans want to help each other, but they're always going to put their needs first. Yeah. Okay, it's a survival mechanism, maybe I don't know. So, but it's it's um it breaks my heart when you see people on the streets homeless, and I hate it when I hear people say, "Oh, well, why don't they just get their act together and, and get out of it?" But what they don't realise is those people are suffering from mental illnesses and they're debilitated by their mental illnesses and they don't know how to get out of it. They need help to do it. Totally. And it costs money. That's what's so a sad. Lot of money. And it's just, and then they're stuck in that cycle. Yeah. Um Yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking. And so if you can put something out there in the world that's for free, bro, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> to put it out there to the universal mind, right? Yeah. I reckon, man. Yeah, so, is there anything else you want to talk about? Ah, I think we've we've kind of covered it. Next retreat, when's that coming up? Uh, I don't have one locked in yet, but I'm 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 talking to some people, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. how would you rate the first one? Uh, ten out of ten. It just it it, it went amazing. Yeah. Like uh, I'm so um, yeah content with with the way it all turned out. Do you think you made some good relationships with the people that that were on it as well? Like some Oh yeah. Do you think you made some what? Yeah, definitely. I'm um there were some really inspiring uh, guys on the trip and um I think they'll be friends for forever, you yeah. know. Um we just uh developed an, an amazing bond and and yeah. Oh. It was it was it was all around just a beautiful trip. That's right, man. So yeah. good. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I've got something for you. Okay, so <clears throat> I've, one of my goals, like, and I keep, I keep forgetting to do this with every guest because one of my goals is to give every guest a bit of a gift for being on the show and um, T-shirts are on their way. Um, and, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm fully self-funded, self-supported self-taught um i do every aspect of of the podcast from the recording to the editing to the um the social media posting to the website that's about to launch uh next week and uh so i'm humble i'm starting in a humble way and i've got a sticker for you it's a it's a terrible happy talk sticker it's it's the tht circular logo and i'm only giving these to people that have been on the show so they're only for alumni. So if you see someone else with this particular sticker, if it's not me, 
that means that person has been on the show. So um, they shouldn't have one of these stickers otherwise. And if they do, you, you let me know, all right? Okay. There's going to be issues between me and them. They've got to be alumni. Okay. <laughs> So there you go, bro. Thank this you. Is That's huge. And um, like, thanks for being on the show twice. Yeah. Um, you're you're my first guest to be on the on the show twice. Um, although I've had Lance Billingsley, but the second time he was on, we did the um, get your quiv out. They're the in between episodes where we review surfboards. Um, I'm doing another episode of that with Dylan Longbottom uh, in the next few weeks. So watch out for that. Dylan's going to talk about. His latest trip to Portugal, surfing 50-foot Nazare and um, surfing Morocco and um, some of his latest board designs. We're going we're gonna to break some of them down. Uh, he gave me a few boards to ride and I've actually taken notes on them and I'm going to give him some honest feedback. So, yeah. That's great. It's, um, so that's the next thing coming up. So, yeah, bro. We're Thanks done. a lot for having me. Dude, I appreciate thank you, it. you, man. You're yeah. a legend. All the best in 2020. Dude, fucking happy fucking new year. It's a new decade. It's on. Just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Love you, love you, brother. All right, cheers. Hey, so before we kick off the podcast, I just want to talk about getting your morning kick in Belmont Coffee. Belmont is owned by skaters, barbers, traders, and musicians. They came together with the idea of creating a co-pilot that's next to you on the late night drives, early mornings on the job site, or a midday pick-me-up, ethically sourced beans in a sustainable can, and ready to go when you are. Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's Belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.